Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 145. Hard to believe. 145 episodes of a pen and a napkin, and back for the fourth time, our yearly discussion with my dear friend, my former high school classmate, Mr. Dick Jungers, the girls' basketball coach at Newell Fonda High School in... Is the school in Newell or Fonda? I can't remember, Dick. I've been there how many times? It's in Newell. It's in yep. Newell. In Newell, Iowa. I want to make sure I'm geographically fair to the people of, of Newell and or Fonda, uh, Iowa. Coach Jungers, how are you doing this fine afternoon? I am doing fantastic. And, you know, when you say the 145th episode and the fourth time... Um, that I get to be honored to uh, have a conversation with you about both things we're very passionate about. I don't know how big your pocket is because you say this is a podcast you can hold in your pocket. The pockets are going to have to get even bigger. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You know, when uh, I, I think, I'm trying to think back, I think you were like the, the fourth guest that I had on. Um, and we kind of made this little handshake agreement that okay, we're you know just once a year we're going to do this, and and never did I think that you know uh, it, it was three years ago last week I believe uh, that this little venture uh, started up, and uh, this is being delayed a week uh, because of my uh, little you know little uh, global pandemic issue, uh, but fight my way through it and. Uh, uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's just crazy that, uh, that this has gone on as long as it has and, and just thrilled and honored to be able to help as many people as I've been able to, and, and to, you know, to, to talk to as many great coaches as I have been. And, and, uh, you know, this is always, uh, uh, something I look forward to every year, Dick is, is, is you and I talking on this and, and leading into, uh, you know, this has been three complete years now that a pen and a napkin has been going, and this is kind of the official start to year four of it and and uh, just looking forward to whatever we end up talking about here today I, i'm sure i'm sure it's going to be good so i'm just excited to have you back on man well and kudos to you to to build the name to build uh this platform you know i've had um uh, actually several different people ask me that hey i know you're going to do that podcast here thing with uh your old good buddy uh from sheldon and can you get that thing up and loaded so we can listen to it so <laughs> i you know it just the, the reach that you've, you've met here is uh, just, you know, again, just hats off to you for building such a great product. And uh, um, and I know uh, I've listened to many, many, not all of them, but I've listened to many of them. And, uh, man, just good, high-quality basketball um, IQ stuff. I, I don't know. It's just hats off to you, Marty. I appreciate it. You know, I'm only as good as my guests. And, and uh, you know, let's uh... – yeah, let's kind of dive in, and, and, and in case uh, it sounds a little bit different today, uh, it is a beautiful day in the Midwest. Uh, it's about 70 degrees. I got home from work, and uh, we're recording this about 4.15 in the afternoon, and usually I'm down in the offices of a pen and a napkin, but I was like, there is no way I'm sitting inside my house if I don't have to, so I'm out on my back deck. Uh, we might have a little traffic in the background. My dog Charlie's kind of wandering all around a little bit, so uh, hopefully he doesn't knock anything over as we're going through this. So if the background sounds a little bit different, folks, that's the reason why. Uh, but uh, we got some stuff that, that we got lined up that we're going to talk about. Uh, we may end up talking about it. We may end up going in a completely different direction. But uh, uh, Dick, let's get let's get going here with uh, let's get going here with this. You know, you've you've built a great program. Um, you know, we're trying to get within just even like two or three stone's throws of, of where you've been at the last few years. Uh, and uh, we're slowly but surely getting there. Uh, and uh, obviously, you've got a great system. Uh, I, I love what you do with your kids. Uh, but obviously, at the, at the base of it is you got, you got to have players. You, you can draw up plays. You can do this. You can do that. But if you don't have players who are skilled and understand what you think is important to the game it, it, it doesn't really matter what the scheme is or all that other stuff so uh let's let's lead with with you know player development and and building your program through player development uh 
hey, just let us in behind the, the curtain of the great and powerful Oz here, Coach. And, uh, you know, what are you, what are you and, and Coach Larson and the rest of your staff doing there at New Fonda to, to really develop your kids? Uh, and they're not only successful in your, in your sport, in girls' basketball, but you've had good volleyball teams, softball teams been really good, a lot of different things. So, so what do you got going on there, Coach? You know, I, I think, uh, you know, for those of that are familiar with Newell Fonda, we've been just truly blessed with some great athletes. And, uh, you know, I'll be starting my 21st season this year. And, 21. Uh, you are old. You are old. I, we're getting old. I mean, uh, we're, we're closer to the end than the beginning. That's, you know, when it comes to careers. I'm, I know I'm closer it. to the end than I am to the beginning. So when you start thinking about it that way, it's like, wow, that's a different perspective. But, um, you know, We've, we've just been truly blessed. Uh, I've got a lot of state track speed kids, um, you know, off of last year's team. I believe uh, nine of our uh, 15 rostered players were competing at the state track meet. Uh, you know, this group also qualified for the state softball tournament. Um, you know, and uh, uh, volleyball, we've been knocking on the door and, you know, just had a great, great run these last uh, few years. You know, and, you know, I've, I've, I've coached, a long time and had some really good teams, but lately we just had a lot of kids. And, you know, uh, as I'm speaking to you today and, you know, we're towards the end of September, I had weights and agilities. I run our fall weights and agilities for our 7th through 12th graders. And, you know, and we have a, a large group of uh, middle school kids that come to this too, uh, you know, because we open that up to them so that they can work on their um, strength and the speed and agility and uh, yeah. uh, the kids just really buy in. It's a, it's a passion and you know and I think you really hit it on the head when you started this like you know how do you get kids to um, buy in it? You do it does take great players. It takes passionate players. It takes kids that want to go above and beyond you know and they they put extra time in and if you get that going um, you know the the rest of it you know kind of just falls into place. Mm-hmm. When you're uh, when you're talking development. Uh, let's, let's, uh, you know, I think every season, I, I, I think we're on a different calendar. I always feel like basketball season truly starts around June 1st, uh, Memorial Day, <laughs> whatever you want to say, because, you know, I, I just feel like that is, uh, you know, that's when our kind of off season really as high school coaches. Now, if you're an AAU coach, I don't know, you're starting 20 minutes after the state championship game. That's another topic for another conversation. But, uh, you know, uh, for, for us, it starts around that Memorial Day time. And you're sharing athletes. You're a small school just like us. Um, it, whether you're small school, big school, you're probably sharing some athletes. So what's your plan? What are you doing with your kids to develop their basketball skill and, and like you said you know you, you've had some really good athletes so how are you developing your players within your school system over those couple of months of summertime while they're trying to balance out playing summer softball for the mustangs and working on volleyball sets and, and other things you know and i think uh you know one thing that our coaching staff does a great job is we work together and I think we've talked about this before, but uh, Coach Darrow, she's a assistant coach for me for about eight years, uh, maybe nine years now this coming season, and she uh, she's also our head girl softball coach. Um, so she she works, you know, we really work well together in terms of you know meeting the needs of the softball program, the basketball program, um, and you know, like when when I talk weights and agilities in the fall, I run about twenty five sessions of weights and agilities before school. Mm-hmm. Um, she runs a spring set of weights and agilities, and our volleyball coach runs our summer set of weights and agilities. And our goal is to get the kids in into the gym, um, you know, building their weight endurance for you know, 70 to 80 sessions within a year um, is kind of the goal. It doesn't always happen because things come up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we're talking about that um, summer time frame, you know, uh, basically when, when we have our um, summer meeting for our summer schedule, the, here's the deal I make with the kids. I said, you know, if we could meet 15 times um, in the summer and if it's high-quality stuff, we'll give you the month of July off. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, um, and so our June is packed, you know, usually, um, we'll get about 12 workouts in and I call it a, a summer league, um, where we'll meet on Sunday for three or four Sundays. Um, and we do live scrimmaging. Sometimes we bring other teams in other, other times we just focus on the kids within our program to just have them compete against each other. Uh, but we just want to really compete, create a competitive atmosphere 
And um, I think our kids have bought into that. That's worked well for us versus, you know, I know some programs might meet twice a week all summer long. Mm-hmm. Our kids know if, you know, if we just hit it hard um, these first, you know, three and a half weeks of June um, and uh, we're going to, he's going to call it good. And then we'll meet back up when open gym season starts, which I usually run a shootout in early August. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our kids from uh, our last summer workout to our shootout, I mean, there's five weeks there where they don't pick up a basketball, so we come to the shootout, um, and then after that, uh, we'll go back to open gym uh, mode. And uh, what we really focus on in the summer is that that individual skill and knowledge development. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, recognizing certain situations that are important in our program, and so that they can make the proper reads. And you know, offensively, it's reading coming off a screen, how the defenders guard you. Um, going against the zone, identifying where the actual open space or the attack angles are. Um, those are the types of things that we focus on offensively in the summer. And then defensively, um, you know, just really working on, you know, some of the main rotations um, within our defense. And obviously, we spend a lot of time shooting and working on that offensive skill development where, you know, working on those moves around the rim or the, the mid-range game and the, the three-point game. So, mm-hmm. Um, those are the things we really focus on. And I guess my goal as a coach um, is if, as long as every single player in your program is getting a little bit better each day, you know, we, we don't pick our three favorites, our eight favorites. If there's 15 kids there, all 15 are getting better. Yeah. Um, if there's 18 there, all 18. Um, everybody brings value to the program. We emphasize that. We talk about that and we celebrate that. And uh, that's really the key to our summer programming. Yeah, I like that word that you just used there, Dick, celebrating it. I, I, I think so often we get caught up in the, you know, what about my top six or seven? And and one of the things I've really tried to emphasize, especially to my youth coaches, is, hey, look, we, we don't know what the kid in, in the best player in the sixth grade might, by the time they're sophomores, might not be even playing basketball anymore. And so we've got to emphasize it and, and celebrate hard work and work ethic with all our kids at all of our levels uh, to, to cast as wide a net as we possibly can so that we can develop that depth just in case there's a, a kid that moves away or a, a, uh, a kid that decides not to play anymore for whatever reason or we have an injury. Uh, you've, you've got, you can't, uh, to me, I, I think it's uh, as you're developing your program, I think you have to have as, as big a net as possible. And it sounds like that's kind of what, what you're preaching there at Newell Fonda as well. Well, and, and I think, you know, that is absolutely what we preach. And the other thing is you want to value every kid. Um, you value your managers because they're playing a role, um, you know, if they're rebounding on the guns or if they're, um, you know, taking care of some statistical things for you in the season. You want them to feel value and, uh, and you want them to have a role in your program. And I think... Um, you've got to value every kid for their strengths. You know, not every kid has got state track speed. Not every kid's going to, you know, be able to hit, you know, nine out of ten three-pointers every time they shoot ten. But you value them. You value them for their growth or what they contribute. And when you start doing that, you'll notice your climate will change. You, yeah. Everybody will be more positive and supportive of each other versus, you know, hey, you suck or, you know, that kind of stuff, which – you know, that, that, there's just no place for that anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not in the 1970s anymore. Sure. Um, long, long story short, is you just want. I, 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 my belief is you got to value everybody that wants to put in the time to get themselves better because it is their choice. It's up to them if they truly want to come in and put the work in. And when they do, you want to value that. Mm-hmm. Are, is that part of your pitch? with the kids getting them in is is this is your choice you know uh december and december and january is going to go as well as you know depending a lot of what you do in in june and july is is that part of your pitch you know it is and you know one thing i do talk about the girls in the off season and in the season is whose program is it you know it's not my program you know basically it's your program you basically hire me to make the tough decisions and to sort out, um, you know, what's going to give us the best chance of winning night in and night out. Everything else is up to them. And, and when you put it that way and you really start reflecting on that, well, you're, you know, it is their program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you'll notice that the kids that, 
don't want to put as much time in, they start kind of fading to the rear where the kids that put the time in that really love it. And, you know, cause it, it takes passion to build yourself into a great player. Uh, that's, that's how you get the passion to come out and to come out on top. And uh, that's, that's kind of how I uh, perceive it. That's kind of how I portray it. Mm-hmm. With, your, uh, with your June stuff, do you have any sort of, uh, I guess we'll call it tracking system? Um, you know, uh, I mean, it's pretty easy to like take attendance uh, at your open gyms, let's say. Uh, but uh, do you have kid, kids keeping track of, of shots or any, any, anything like that, Dick? Do you, do you guys do anything like that? You know, uh, you know, sometimes each group's built a little bit differently. Uh-huh. You know, I guess one thing that I always bring up is if you can't make it, just, just let me know. Shoot me an email or a text just so I know because, like, uh, we, we lose our eighth graders going into freshman year for driver's ed. I think every school has that mm-hmm. issue. It just so happens that a lot of our workouts um, compete with driver's ed. You know, no, no issue, no issue there. Yep. We'll, we'll catch up another way. Yep. Um, and then I think the second thing is we've done, we've done, uh, kept track of shooting and, and whatnot. Uh, but I think the big thing is as I create my summer, my summer plans from day to day, I'll, I'll identify things and talk with kids on like what, what we need to work on. So if it's footwork coming around a screen or if it's how to, you know, develop that breakaway move. Or if it's, you know what, we need to spend a little more time on the transition game. So, so I kind of look at it from that perspective, and we'll have those conversations. You know, and some kids will say, well, I want to spend more time, you know, shooting threes. You know, we'll get a, we'll get a gun out, and we'll spend more time shooting threes. I mean, we will um, do those types of things. But um, I want the kids to have a little bit of say. Uh, but I also kind of guide that with, you know, when we evaluate kids, like, hey, we really want to spend more time on this because this could really make our team mm-hmm. really – be stronger next year. Yeah, I, I know that each team is different, but with your off-season development, if you had to pick consistently what your number one priority is on either side of the ball, uh, what would it be? Like, you know, here's here's the number one thing that we're going to default to more often than not on offense and on defense. Let's start with the offensive side of the ball when you're developing skill. You know, and I think. Uh... When I look at our basic offensive schemes, there's certain skills that rise to the top. Um, and, you know, and I think every coach needs to or would, would benefit. I should, I should never say the word needs, but uh, I think every coach would benefit by looking at what's your offensive plays, whether it's a continuity offense or you've got a series of set plays. What are the basic mo- movements of that offense that you're trying to create shots emulate that in your off-season workout. So, like, for example, we've got a couple, a series of sets where we're shooting off a screen, um, and so we work on that footwork, so I identify that. Or if there's a, a certain cutting action that does create us opportunities to score in a game, I want to emulate that and get the kids, kids very confident in a one-on-zero situation that they can make those shots. Then we'll go to one-on-one mm-hmm. um, against the defender, and then we'll go full either three-on-three or five-on-five so that they can identify those opportunities so that they're confident in those moves. Because, you know, when I watch our middle school boys at recess and they're doing the 24-foot step-back threes and, you know, they're making them at like one out of seven or eight or 17 and 18, they they think that that's the, you know, and really – that's probably not going to be a high percent shot on any high school team. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of stuff. I want to just make sure our kids are very confident and the skills we feel are important for our offense to click. And I put those in. So like for us, um, you know, I kind of highlight a few of those or there's certain angled cuts that we like to use. And if they defend one way, they have to read it and cut back the other way. Um, and it's really common sense stuff. And if you really think about your offense, you draw those things up. It's like, oh, I can do a quick shooting drill that can just key in on those couple fundamentals and we'll be better for it. And, and we have been better for that. Now, defensively, you know, there's certain basic things that each player has to do. Uh, to make our program even better. And it might be how you defend an in-seam cut or how you defend on-the-ball screen and and those types of things. So we will identify and work on that. Um, And the the nice thing is we we usually have 
um, you know, a good variance of older and younger kids. My older kids help teach those concepts mm-hmm. on how we want to defend certain actions so that I'm not the only teacher on the floor. Uh, I want my older kids to have ownership in the program and to help um, teach those concepts, especially in a summer situation when, you know, our, our whole coaching staff isn't there mm-hmm. for a lot of the workouts. I might have Coach Henders there or Coach Darrow and um, Coach Larson, he works construction, so he can't always get to the summer workouts. So sometimes it, we really lay heavy on the um, upperclassmen helping teach those concepts. And then and, and the, the other thing that when we have our little kids' basketball camp in the summer, we've had tremendous numbers the last, you know, four or five years. And these kids do such a great job teaching those fundamentals to the younger kids. That, I mean, the younger kids just idolize our high school girls and you, you learn the game better when you have to teach it. And yeah. uh, nothing explains that more than if you're an actual teacher. You know, you, it's like you don't understand something until you have to teach it. So when our kids are teaching these fundamentals to the younger kids, they're learning our system and program at a whole nother level. And it, it's just awesome to watch this unfold year after year. Yeah. Well, and, and what I always tell our kids for summer camp is they don't want to be around me. They want to be around you. But you need to teach them how to do this the right way. And that, and that was especially, you know, my, my kids at my old job, they'd hear that every year, you know, they, and they, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but for, for my new job, you know, that I think, you know, the first year it was kind of like, Oh, okay. And then this year, like from, from the get go, they knew, okay, we're here to coach. We're here to do this. We're here to teach. And, and boy, they really embraced it uh, that we're going to be the teachers here. And, and I hope that they, see the value of how they teach that to our younger players how that has a chance to 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 grow our program down the line that four or five years from now when when a lot of these kids have graduated and they've moved on these kids that are moving in a lot of the reason why they're hopefully successful is because of what was taught to them by those that came before them and i think it's important to establish that tradition that uh yeah the the tradition the 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 responsibility of 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 you know, valuing the program, and this is another way. Not only do I contribute to the program on Friday nights in the winter, but it's important for me to contribute to the legacy of the program and its success in in the summertime as well, and helping these youth kids develop. Coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs, but sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs, and now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. Yeah, and you, you hit it right on the head. And, you know, here was a fun thing I did. I, I always ask for which, which high school players want to help. And, of course, everybody wants to help because they, they love camp week. And so um, this year I had, I believe I had, um, with, with my driver's ed kids, and they were all there, I had, you know, 16 of 17 players help with camp. Well, I had my, as my coach, my players were introducing themselves to the campers, I said, make sure you identify someone you looked up to as a player when, um, this is just telling you how old I am too, so they had to identify a camp coach that they appreciated when they were younger, who they remembered, and boy, all my, all my studs of the past, all those names were coming up, and it was just, it was just a, a fantastic experience, and meanwhile, all these younger kids are looking up like, Oh, I know her. I know her. You know, and uh, uh, again, it's just a, it's a family environment. But but yet, you know, I've been doing this so long now, and they're they're bringing up names from you know ten, twelve years ago. It's it's just uh, like I said, it's it's a special thing, and you don't get this everywhere. And I, I do know we are very spoiled and lucky here at Noble Fonda. Yeah. Well, and that's the second time you have brought up your age, and I just want to remind you that no matter what, you will always be eight days older than me. I just, you and Dave both will always be eight days older than me. So I can complain about how old I am, but you're always going to be older than me, Dick. I just, again, a subtle. And, and you know, I'm just going to throw right back. I think I said this before. That means I'm always going to be eight days wiser than you too. <laughs> so in eight days, you'll you'll be about where I'm at right now. <laughs> that uh, that doesn't take a lot. Uh, you, you, I, I just want you to. Really 
realize that does not take a lot to be wiser than me. So let's let's uh, and, and there's there's enough horror stories. You, you got enough dirt on me, and I got enough dirt on you that you know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to that type of thing. And so. that's why I left it right there. I just left <laughs> it right there. Um. All right. Before before either one of us, <coughs> excuse me. Ah, before either one of us uh, uh, gets the other one in trouble here uh let's let's talk about the season let's talk about uh planning uh practice planning your practice philosophy uh setting up a practice plan for success and getting the most out of your practice time here and and again you know you and i have done this a long time i know my uh practice philosophy has evolved um I know this year, just going into this year, I know there's going to be a major, major difference that we're going to do some things in, in, in practice uh, just based on my studies in the off season. And uh, so I'm kind of interested, uh, Dick, to kind of, I don't know if we've ever really talked like in depth about this uh, part of things. So, uh, you know, wh- what do you, uh, you know, as you're, as you're getting your practice plan set up, what do you, what do you think and how do you, how are you putting that together? Well, you know, I think, First and foremost, you know, I think you, you really got to reflect on your nature and how kids respond to how you do things. And that really impacted my thinking um, the last few years here. Like, you know, um, when I get upset, it's not very often. How do kids respond? You know, and, and what, what conversations do I need to have with each kid um, as we go through? And, you know, one thing I always tell and I say, I say this to our parents at our parent meetings, too, that, hey, I, I'm a guarantee if I do my job right, I am going to frustrate your daughter. Um, and, again, it's not, it's not like a, a mean way. It's either going to be through the challenges of practice. Um, it's going to be uh, through the competitions, through, um, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all there. But I need to know what buttons to push on game night because we're going to play teams that are going to challenge us, and they're going to frustrate us, you know, and, you know, we always talk about the frustrations you can control and the choices you can control, but there's things that happen you can't control um, within the course of practices and games, you know, and we have to overcome those things to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I need to learn. I just, and this is how I verbalize it with the girls and the parents, I have to learn how to communicate with your child when they're frustrated because the other team's best player is lighting us up and we can't shut them down right away. So we got mm-hmm. to figure that out because uh, we both know Players that are feeling sorry for themselves don't play as high of a level as players that are fired up and ready to go. Yeah. So, um, so we, we, we spend time talking about that in practice. So I, I also create situations in practice that I know are challenging and taxing on the kids. And uh, it's learning how to overcome those challenges, you know. And, yeah. you know, some of it might be as simple as, you know, Iowa's instilling the 35-second shot clock. All right. Let's, let's do a little competition here. You know, Team A against Team B, you got 35 seconds to score. If you don't score, you got a down and back. You know, and, I, and I will add the hype and I will add the, the pressure and all that stuff. Uh, but the other team, if you give up a bucket, you got a down and back. It, it, it's a, to me, it's as simple as that. And I'm, I'm really simplifying this, but I will add other pressures to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just, to, just to make sure that, Hey, you know what? If I don't get you frustrated at some point, am I really challenging you? Mm-hmm. Uh, your gr- greatest growth comes through those frustrations and challenges. And so that's really what I'm thinking about right now as I think about my group of players coming back. Um, you know, we've got a really strong core coming back from last year's team. And, and, and with the new players coming in, and they're very talented and skilled. And my job is to get them each better and to – you know, help help them grow between the years as well. So, yeah. so that that's where my focus is at this time of year. What uh, you know, what, you, uh, you, you you brought it up talking you about up, uh, you know coaching players when they get frustrated, and and uh, it, it wasn't part of the original question, which is fine. But you know, that's that's something that we I don't know if we've ever really talked about coaching the player that gets frustrated in that regard, and. Uh, you know how do you, how do you, you stereotypically? Know, you, you, and every kid's different. Every if you've coached a hundred kids, you hand, handle hundred kids, hundred different ways. So, you know what what are some of the ways that you have handled some of your more challenging players that maybe run a little bit hot and struggle with that a little bit more? You know, I think uh, I think first and foremost, as you get to know your kids and their competitive level, um, some kids 
do not handle failure very well. Yeah. And uh, I think I think we have to put them in those situations, you know, and it might be a three point shooting contest. It, it might be one-on-one against, um, you know, like last year, I'm just going to, I'll put this as an example. We did a one-on-one drill that favored anybody that was close to six foot or taller. Uh, everybody had to score in the paint and you only had one move to do it in. So, you know, like your five foot, two inch guards really struggle in that drill. But the, I, I'm like, well, you got to figure it out. What move you're going to use? How are you going to get them off balance? How are you going to attack? And uh, they get frustrated with stuff like that. But meanwhile, they're getting better because they're learning, gosh, how do you get someone that's 6'2 out of the way um, so you can score? Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think that being creative in that capacity helps your kids grow. And, and I'll do guard-orientated ones, too, where, all right, you got you to make a shot outside the three, and the defender knows you got to make a shot outside the three. What move are you going to use to create, a, create an opening? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those types of individual things – help you on game night because like as you meet those challenges it helps get those creative juices going on how to how to make a play yeah um what else about your else practice about your plan that you like uh, that, that you guys put together there you talked a little bit about the psychology of of the player and, and coaching the player and explaining that what are uh, you know kind of some of the basic structures or some things that you guys have done in practice that you really like really like you know i i really like our pace um our practices are usually two and a half hours long, but like to the coaching staff, they feel like they're 40 minutes. To the players, well, you know, they'll <laughs> say it feels like that early, but I, I already know better. But they just they have a great pace. We have, uh, you know, we do a lot of pressing at the beginning of practice. Um, and I always, I always think about a game, how our game is structured. I want my practice to feel the same way. Like, you know, we're gonna, we're going to press here from, from wall to wall, so we're going we're gonna to spend a lot of time on pressing. Um, you know, offensively, I think we've been very successful um, with, you know, adjusting to what, how other teams have adjusted to us. But, you know, it's putting in the counters to our main plays. Um, you know, we have um, so much video out there on us on YouTube that, you know, people have done a great job of scouting our our initial offenses and our set plays. So uh, we've had to put a lot of counters in. So mm-hmm. so we spend time doing that. Um, you know, we tweak our defenses based on who's on the floor. So um, we're working on that. And then, of course, your, I always call your fundamental drills, you know, turnover reduction drills, your rebounding. Uh, we do a lot of shooting in practice. And then we always end with um, game simulations, um, you know, like – Right, either whether it's running our delay game or you're down three with 30 seconds left or up five with, you know, 15 seconds left. We do a lot of situation work at the very end of practice just because uh, I think your your mind frame, uh, it has to be similar. You know, by the end of practice, if we're doing our job right, the kids should start getting a little bit tired mm-hmm. um, between the ears and tired in the legs and um, getting them ready for those tough situations we're going to see during the season. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter. Send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin video library. You have a, a, a have unique a, way. You, you, I, I think you do some stuff. I think you told me this before about splitting up your kids. You're getting a lot of shooting in on the gun. You'll, you'll have 10 on the floor, and these five go shoot on the gun for five, six, seven minutes, and then that five comes back over, and and, and, and you, you send another five over. Can you kind of go into that a little bit more, Dick? Yeah. Are you cutting out a little bit? Is that is that my phone or is that? I don't know. All of a sudden, I kind of got a little kickback here, so I'm not sure what's going on. Okay. No, uh, we do, uh, when we're in our competition gym, so our practice setup is uh, we have a, a practice gym, which is, a, you know, it's like a 90% full-size gym that our junior high will practice in on certain days. 
Uh, we have a competition gym, which is our full-size gym, and we have a small gym that was built probably in 1930 uh-huh. um, that – uh, we can use for practices. So we have to share the gym with junior help build high and the, the boys. So when we're in our small gym, we do a lot of our defense rebounding um, work in there. When we're in the competition gym, we usually uh, um, do a lot of our transition offensive and press work. And then when we're in the practice gym, a lot of times that's when we'll set up the guns on the side baskets mm-hmm. and uh, we'll do some additional shooting drills. Um, so we'll, we'll have uh, our managers – man the guns they'll they'll call players out so we might be working on um you know a press our presses for a certain team and they're calling two players out at a time and and so we have to mix and match and you know at first the kids would be frustrated with that like gosh coach we're just getting some chemistry with these so i'm like well in a game they could be in foul trouble we're gonna bring the next two in and you're gonna you're gonna figure it out and um because we structure it like that i feel like our kids are more prepared for the situations they'll see during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, we just we just put a high value on being able to mix and match for any situation. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you heard me on that one there. I asked if Larson was around when that gym was built in 1930. I didn't catch that. What did you say? Was Larson around when that gym was built in 1930? Um, you know what? Uh I think he was born shortly thereafter. Okay. Right. <laughs> Actually, uh, he's only one year older than us. He just hit the Seriously? big 5-0 oh. a little over a month ago. That is right. I did that see that. Right. So, uh, Kevin, I apologize. Kevin, I apologize. So, yeah. <laughs> um, um, let's let's talk about your let's, schedule. Let's about it, your you know, Dick, you're you're in a fortunate situation where. You're, you've been the you're, the hunted a lot instead of the hunter, but you've created situations to go out and be the hunter and and playing some bigger schools, playing in some showcase games. Uh, you know how important is a a good schedule, and, and what thought do you put into your schedule on a yearly basis? You know, uh, first of all, you know we 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 are willing to play about anybody. You know, the only thing I'm always leery of is we have some very loyal fans. Uh, you know, it's like if we travel two and a half, three hours away, they have a hard time making those games. So we always want to kind of respect our home court um, and still try to get those games. But, yeah, we've been blessed. Um, you know, we, we've been able to play in some showcases. This year on Thanksgiving Saturday, we're going to go to the, the Cedar Rapids Gazette, does their rivalry weekend, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to play West Liberty which is a very strong oh. 3A school from yeah. the east side of the state. And um, we just love those opportunities. Um, but, you know, uh, I think that the, the thing that we really try to do is we want a schedule that um, exposes our weaknesses. So we want to play the best teams out there. We want to play bigger schools. Uh, we want to play uh, people that'll, that'll push us and expose those weaknesses so that we can truly identify what our team strengths and weaknesses are. And, uh, um, I mean, we're still short a game. We need one more game for this year. So uh, we, we would definitely take one if we can get one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you think about when you're putting your schedule together? You know, I mean, you, you talked about the travel type of stuff, but when you're thinking of a, opponents, and obviously you have your opponents that you have to play because they're close or and you have your conference opponents but you, you, you got some you got some leeway you got some flexibility so what what goes into that what are what are the games that attract you you know i i mean i think uh what's really attractive is when you can have a, a marquee matchup where it generates interest of fans and uh you know we we played in some really really fun environments uh, stadium wise uh, you know, like when we played in the CNLS Classic in uh, Sioux City. But what's even more fun is when a really good team comes to Newell, Iowa, and that place is just hopping. Mm-hmm. It's just rocking, and, uh, and people around here really love their girls' basketball, and they want to see great action. That, that to me, is the ultimate um, you know, game where it can really test you because the pressure's on. It's a different kind of pressure when your gym is packed. And so uh, so that, that's something that we always try to aspire for. Um, you know, we bring we bring a really strong crowd, uh, but sometimes uh, 
you know, when the road game is too far away, especially on a Tuesday night when everybody's got school the next day, um, it thins it out a little bit. So sure. that, that's kind of what we're looking for there. And um, obviously if there's a really good team that, um, you know, can challenge you and, and uh, even if you lose, it, it makes you better, mm-hmm. it's still a win in my book. With, with those what I'll call flexible games, do you, uh, do you uh, maybe try to have one or two of those late in the season to kind of get you ready for the tournament trail and, and have a, a, a tough one right before the postseason begins? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, it, it. I guess I can sell it to myself, the team, any time of year. But, you know, like, I'm going to take uh, Estherville. I think you talked to Don Martindale yep. um, on one of your podcasts. And great man, great coach. Uh, you know, one of the best there is in Iowa. They won a state title last year, and uh, um, he brings back a really good team. But, you know, he's, he's of a very similar mindset. Yeah, well, we want to play a team like Dual Fonda twice. You know, mm-hmm. we'll play a home and away. And, um, you know, when, when we're doing that, and, and they that, – that's a game – it's – strategy becomes paramount he makes great adjustments and you know i'm hoping we can adapt to the adjustments they make and uh give us a fighting chance to win and uh, you know teams like that can just make you better uh you know we we've gone to you know the, the, what's tough is when teams drop us so we, yeah. we've had a couple teams drop us the last couple of years um you know and and they have their reasons maybe it's a new coach or maybe it's a a different change for uh, whatever reason, but then it's just tough to always fill those spots. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's the, that's the piece where it does become a little more challenging and, um, we're hoping that somebody will take us on. Mm-hmm. Well, we're a couple of years away from that, but maybe we could work something out here, meet in the middle. What would be about the middle between Omaha and Newell? Um, you're probably looking, uh, let's go a little bit on the, East side of Sioux City, somewhere in there might be might be about the about the halfway part. <laughs> okay, so so uh, like a Lawton or maybe a Sergeant Bluff. You know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you okay. go. That that could be a possibility. All right, give us a couple more years. Give us a couple more years. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> well, you you let me know. You just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your son. Let's talk about Trey a little bit. Uh, we were both uh, at the same place a couple weeks ago, and uh, he got a chance to see Coach Nick Nurse speak, and uh, got to kind of take in the whole thing. And I was I was really fortunate. Uh, I got to sit with Coach for a couple hours and talk with him, and got a chance to work his camp. So. Uh, what are some of the things that that uh, Trey took away from listening to Coach Nurse speak and and uh, you know listening to an NBA champion head coach and and some of the the things that came out of it from him? You know, I think uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, Trey Trey's a freshman at Briarcliff and um, he was um, selected to go to the Bishop's dinner and uh, he did tell me, even though I've grilled and cooked. hundreds of steaks for this guy that the steak dinner was by far the best and i said trey it was yep dad you weren't even close i was like man i i'm just so disappointed by that but um he was just awe inspired by that event he said uh he made so many connections he was able to talk to uh coach plum uh another briarcliff alumni uh he was able to hang out with nick nurse and you know he even got to try on the championship ring and yeah um did he he tell you the story about that um i mean he he was just so amazed and impressed with the experience and uh i i don't know if he could have taken away anything better than the night that he had that night yeah Did, did he tell you the story about the ring Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, Strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. 
It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Did Trey tell you the story about the ring and how he got the ring? He did not tell me that. Okay, so uh, so what Coach did, um, like I said, you know, throughout the day, I, I worked his camp that morning, got to talk to him some there, and then we got to uh, got to Sioux City, and uh, I sat at the, the the table with him, and and so we're talking and blah blah blah, and and during his presentation. Uh, he got out his NBA world champion ring and he said, I'm going to pass it around the room. Just make sure it gets back to me at some point tonight. Okay. So when it was going around the room, uh, you know, we were there till pretty much the very end. Cause my buddy John was kind of quote unquote in charge of, of helping Nick out with everything, uh, coach nurse. And, and that was my connection. That's how I got in with the whole thing. And, uh, and uh, the rings got back to me. He had his state championship ring and he had his NBA championship ring. So I was like, okay, there's not very many people here. I'm just going to take these and put them in my pocket because I'm guessing by now everybody has seen them. So Trey's coming up and he's standing in line to talk to Coach Nurse. And I'm like, hey, you know, how you doing? You know, how's school? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, this is really cool. You know, it just sucked that, that uh, I didn't get a chance to, to see the, the, the championship ring. And I was like, oh, I reach out my pocket. And I'm like, you mean this ring? And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, so it was, it, it, was, uh, it was pretty funny. I mean, you, you should have seen the eyes pop out. And I, my eyes popped out of my head when I saw that monstrosity of a ring. So, uh, But uh, I really liked um, his message uh, the whole night. Uh, you know, just a really, really... Um, a really humble guy from Carroll, Iowa that just, you know, um, I think he realizes how hard he has worked to get to where he has. And if you've ever read Coach Nurse's book, I encourage you to to pick it up. It's it's a terrific read. And it's no accident that he's gotten to this point. It's a guy that has just worked his tail off and, and essentially been willing to sacrifice more than a lot of other people. Uh, but at the same time, uh, in the in the few hours I got to hang around with him, He's just still a dude from Carroll, Iowa, who just realizes how lucky he is to be an NBA head coach, and, and not only an NBA head coach, but a, a world champion head coach. And, and I thought that was really cool. Ain't that crazy? I mean, what are the odds? I mean, one of the best of the best out there, and he's basically in my backyard because, you know, Carroll's only about a 40-minute drive from Fonda. Yeah. So what a what – a, I just know that Trey just walked away like – I mean, he was talking a mile, ten miles a minute when he was explaining to me the night, and uh, just uh, just a phenomenal experience, and uh, just a great, great uh, place to be that night. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was uh, it was a really good deal, and like I said, you know, um, I was already a really big Nick Nurse fan, and then like I said, I got a chance to spend some time with him, and uh, you know, I got to buy some Raptors gear here, and. Uh, and uh, start really cheering them on because, you know, just like I said, just a really, really humble guy that just realizes he's, he's just a dude from Carroll, Iowa, and uh, really enjoyed that part of it. So um, let's go over one more thing here, Coach Jungers, or if there's anything else you want to talk Is there anything you want to talk about, Dick? You know, uh, you know really, uh, I think that the thing that I'm just most impressed about is, man, this is time number four, you know, and uh, – Shoot, you you look at all the things that have happened in the last three years, man. Uh, you know we've had a lot of success. I know you've had some some changes in your um, path on the the coaching side of things, and uh, you know I, I guess my big thing is like, geez, you just really truly don't take anything for granted, you know. And I know your youngest is in college, and yeah. um, so you guys are probably empty nesters, probably yeah. you know rekindling those dating days before you even got <laughs> married is probably what you're doing now. But uh, uh, you know, as the kids get older, you just you just develop a different perspective on how things really play out, and uh, yeah. you know, it really uh, I can just apply that to you know a lot of things in the basketball world. Well, I I think. Um... And, and I made mention to this when it happened, um, and I know there was a point in my career where, you know, winning was a relief. It wasn't even fun. It kind of got to that point where it, it was yeah. a relief. And, and, and some of that was, 
I won't even say some, a lot of that was pressure that I put upon myself. Uh, now, and there, there, there were other things uh, that, that went into it as well, but, uh, but the vast majority of that, and I don't know what percentage of it it was, was just uh, winning was a relief and losing was misery. And, and if you're a true competitor, you got to despise losing. I mean, f- believe me, I, I, I get that. I, I completely and utterly get that. Uh, but you can also get to a point where uh, that can get really unhealthy. And, and, and I think that's kind of a place I, I went to. And um, I really think that uh, one of the things that I knew I needed to do if slash when I was going to get back into this was not enjoying winning. Uh, whether it's the, the worst team that you've ever played um, we're going to enjoy the heck out of that win. And, you know, we're going to, you know, I, I picked this up from, from Joe Madden uh, when he was managing the Cubs. You know, we literally dance after every win. We play a song and we dance and, and we, we celebrate it. Even if we've played terribly, I'm not going to let that. Now, the next day in practice, we'll address some stuff. But we're not going to take away that, that joy of winning because winning is really, really hard to do. And I think one of the, the biggest adjustments that I've made is to embrace the joy of winning and not the relief of winning. And uh, I, I think that I'm hungrier than I ever have been before in my career. Uh, I want to win more than I ever have. Uh, I, I really feel like we're, we're close to turning the corner with our program, but... Um, you know, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of everything that I do in, instead of, of having that. And like you said, Dick, we've, we've got more uh, yesterdays than tomorrows, definitely in our coaching careers and, and probably in life in general. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, we've, we've lost a friend uh, along the way here the last couple of years, uh, a dear friend to both of us. And, uh, you know, I just... You know, you got to enjoy every step of this journey. And, and I think that's something that we, we all have to realize as we go through this whole thing. Well, and, you know, and I think uh, after I print up my practice plan, I a lot of times put some personal notes on them. And they're just for me. You know, mm-hmm. one is to remind myself to, to be positive because you can, you can allow yourself to get down for a variety of reasons, whether... Um, you know, the game didn't turn out like you wanted or, you know, something's not going right with uh, the skill development of a player or, you know, just, just in general, it's easy to get frustrated with the things. And I think, the, you know, I think another big thing is just truly enjoying the journey, yeah. you know, and uh, I talk to our kids about this and um, there's so many things that aren't enjoyable on any journey, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but to, to, to pick out those those big things, you know, and, um, you know, and to celebrate, you know, to celebrate those successes, celebrate, you know, just like what you mentioned just a little bit ago, uh, you know, celebrate those wins. But those wins might not be in the win column. It might be, um, man, we finally broke that defense down and got the shots we wanted. Yeah. Uh, and it might be you know, attacking the boards and winning the rebound battle that night, or it might be, gosh, we really took care of the ball well. Your decision-making keeps improving. And those are the conversations that um, get me fired up. Uh, And, you know, when you do those things right, sometimes the wins just start taking care of themselves, you know, and uh, uh, that's what I hang on to. And, you know, like, no matter what your goals for the season are, if you can help your kids – to just get a little bit better each day, um, help them to develop that positive disposition um, and to look at things from a different vantage point. I think, I think that's, a, that's a big win mm-hmm. on many fronts. Well, and, you know, that, that's something definitely that, that I looked at with the, the position I took over. I mean, these kids had really, really struggled. Uh, they, we, we had to... We started out, Dick, I remember this, my first year, and we literally, the we didn't talk about the final score of any of our first three games. 
all we talked about was shot selection and valuing the basketball. That was the only thing we were going to judge the game by. And we 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 used we used the Don Meyer four three two one zero formula to, yeah. for 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 shot quality. And and all we talked about in our the next day at practice was first game. Here was our shot quality. Here's how many turn because because the the one thing we emphasized the first year was we have to take better care of the basketball. That's just. You, you have no chance to score if you're turning it over. And, and, and so we just, okay, here's, here's our baseline. Game one, here's what we had. And then the, the only thing we talked about between game one and game two, which from game one I think we lost by 25, and the second game we lost by 28. But our shot quality was so much better the second game. Even though we only scored, I think we scored 16 points. But what we <laughs> emphasized to the kids was we scored 16 points, but – you took great shots. We just now have to make shots. Do you understand this? And we and we chopped up film, and 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 then from second game to the third game, and and literally that's all we talked about for the first three games. And you know when you're talking about the psychology of a team, uh, sometimes it's if you're just simply grading the the success or the failure of your team by what the final score says, you know that can be a tricky. A, a, a real slippery slope that you're going to go down because not all victories are going to be on the scoreboard. And especially when you're struggling, you got to find different ways to find victories to keep those kids going when they realize that, yeah, we know we lost by X amount on Friday night. You don't need to remind us of that. What can we do well to keep that positive energy going? I think that's kind of what you're talking about there. Well, yeah, it's funny because the, the, the local media has a way of, um, really explaining the, the score column in a very colorful way when if that's not your focus you can focus on other things and uh and i think you hit it right on the head there like um, i just know when we have our conversations um you know one thing we say at the halftime of every game is what's the score and the kids respond zero zero, zero. because yep. it doesn't really matter what the score is we still got our work cut out so do they and uh we want to win that next quarter, the next half. And, um, you know, and there's just a lot of different ways to look at that and carve that up and uh, create a meaningful data for, for the players. And yeah. um, I think you hit it right on the head there. Well, and, and you know, we were able, you know, and again, this is the progress that we want to make within, within the program. Um, you know, the first year, you know, we won eight games or whatever it was, and, and – None of those games were really comfortable at at halftime, or I didn't feel comfortable at halftime. So, you know, you're yeah. you're, you're coaching your way through it. Well, so this the second year, we finally got to a game where by halftime the game was was over and done with, you know, and and so that night, okay, what's the score? Well, it's zero zero. Okay, but okay, now ladies, for the first time in a long time, you're on the other foot of this, where. The game's pretty much over with, but how are you going to handle the opening four, two or three minutes of the third quarter here, just like we talk about it when it's a close game, or maybe we're down a little bit, or whatever it may be. Now you've got to show your maturity of, okay, now that we're ahead 24 to, to 6 at halftime of this game, how do we handle that? And we came out, and I remember that game distinctly, we were ahead, I don't know what it was, 24 to 4, 24 to 6 at halftime. And before you knew it, within two and a half minutes, we were ahead 38 to 6. I was like, okay, that's that's progress because now we've learned how to handle a little bit of success and that we're not going to just rest on our laurels. We're going to continue to get better. And I think that psychological part of it, you know, you're, you're always teaching those type of things. And I think you always have to continue to search for lessons that you can give your kids as you're moving through your season. Yeah, and, you know, and the, the lesson can come from many shapes and forms. And, uh, you know, I know one thing we talk about are the distractions. Uh, yeah. There's in-game distractions, out-of-game distractions. And, uh, you know, and that, that's the thing. If, if you ever lose sight of what the true goal is, uh, that's when you kind of get steered off the path. And, and it looked like your girls and that after that halftime came out with the right mind frame and kept that machine rolling forward. Uh, I wouldn't quite call it a machine yet, Jungers. Uh, you know, but uh, that night, that night we played well. You know, we we played well, and, and we were able to take care of some business. So, uh, you know, you know, just just proud of my kids, and I'm proud of the progress that we made. And 
And, you know, hopefully year three we continue to just, I don't know, just take strides forward. I don't know what our win-loss record is going to be. I don't really care. I mean, I care, but I don't care. We just got to continue to get better. And I, and, and, and I think that uh, usually the, the seasons that are kind of the toughest ones is when you're counting those wins and losses even before the season starts, don't you think, instead of just, hey, let's just get better today. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and for that reason, I don't even look at that. I just know that, you know, on a Tuesday or a Friday night, we probably have a game, and I just hope our kids come ready to go, and I hope we get just a little bit better that night. Um, and, of course, obviously, you always hope that um, the scoreboard turns out in your favor, but um, some nights it doesn't, and uh, it, it usually provides some opportunities for great conversations about how to grow your team. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Anything else, Mr. Dick Jungers? No, uh, you know what? Uh, it's already late September. Uh, shoot, time just keeps marching on. That's all, right. all I know. I'm chasing Kira at a lot of volleyball games right now. Uh, we had a, quite a few weekend tournaments, and yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. But, uh, you know, as we get close to October, it really starts – you start getting that itch for the orange ball season to start. So I'm, I'm really excited to get – uh, the next chapter going for Mustang basketball. Yeah, yeah, it should be good. Uh, I know you guys will be in the thick of the fight again. You, you, uh, you know, for the first time in how many years was it? Has it been, Dick, since you've been, since you have not been in the title game last year? Uh, shoot, uh, I think we were in there four years in a row. So, yeah. Um, gosh, we we've just been blessed because I think eight out of the last ten years we were in the title game. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, just a lot of a lot of success. Did that uh, give your kids a little extra motivation in the off season? They're, they're fired up. Yep, you know, and there's there's things that uh, I think our kids would like to have done differently. And, um, and I just said, you know what this 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 is a beautiful example of life. You know, when, when that um, final buzzer sounded and you're talking to the kids in the locker room, they were devastated. You know, uh, very rarely in life do you have a chance to win four in a row and. You know, we fell a little bit short, and and uh, it was to no fault of effort uh, or energy. It was uh, we played a really, really good team that yep. you know played a little bit better that day, made a few more shots, made a few more plays, and you know, and you just have to say, girls, I don't think you guys remember the last four years how many games just like this one turned out in our favor because we made one play or two more plays. Uh, you know, there were years that you know. We could have just easily not been in the state tournament because of a, a tough regional final matchup, and we made one or two more plays. And so it was tough at the moment to put that in perspective. Yeah. But my goodness, when you look at the overall uh, course of how things played out, I mean, it's 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 not how you want it to go, but it's really what makes the game beautiful. Because uh, if everything always went your way, it wouldn't be a beautiful experience. The, beautiful, the beauty comes in. You know, two great teams going toe-to-toe, and, uh, you know, you have players stepping up left and right and reaching their furthest potentials and knocking down shots. And uh, uh, on that particular day, uh, you know, Marcus, you know, I'm just going to give my hats off to them. They, they played a great game, and yeah. uh, they played a great championship game too, but uh, Bishop Garrigan just had a little bit more than they uh, could handle on that particular day too. So just a, a fun environment, a fun atmosphere, and you know what? I, as I told the girls again after that particular game, when we play this season all over again, knowing the results at the very end turned out exactly like they are. And I said, if you don't say yes, you're crazy, because this was a wonderfully beautiful experience. Um, I would have preferred to won the title, just like each of you in the locker room. But at the end of the day, it, it was in the cards. And you know what? Enjoy this for all the, the magnificence it was. And uh we'll have to move forward and that, that's exactly what the kids coming back are going to do yeah. can't say it any better so i'm not even going to try coach not even going to try it so uh hey dick man uh, you know it's uh great to have you back on again uh you know wish we could see each other more often as as my neighbor's dog is uh barking his, his head <laughs> off a couple, a couple lawns over here uh i told you we were in the backyard we weren't going to know what was going to happen here so but uh you know, like I said, wish I could see you more often. Uh, you know, always enjoy our conversations that we have. You know, you know, I love you to death, and and just blessed to have you in my life. And and uh, 
you know, just thanks so much for, for coming on again. You know, episode number four. Let's let's go one for the thumb uh, this time next year. <laughs> there you go. Nope, uh, I love that you ask me back every year. You're a great man, great coach, and uh, you know what? Let's let's make the most of this upcoming season and uh, just have a lot of fun. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, again, Dick Junkers, head girls basketball coach at Newell Fonda High School in Newell, Nebraska. Uh, can't thank him enough, not only for coming on, but his friendship and uh, just all the good things that that's happened in the last, I don't know, 35 years or so. We've We've survived the last 35 or 40 years together, so we're going to try and keep it moving forward here. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.